0: And met a missionary named Gene C, and he would he had come down from Alaska, and I just was exploding over this. I mean, this is what I was made for. God made me for that, and prepared my life through a, a drunken dad and what, crazy everything, and to get ready to be able to love people that were. Given to alcohol, and that's what the natives are up there. And I'm sure they are down here. So, we just couldn't stand it, and we went to Alaska, my wife and I and a bulldog, in a truck. Drove up there in 1973, 50 years ago. We got there in May, 50 years ago. A lifetime, and I wish it wasn't like Swiss cheese. But I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Amen. Amen. That's all. I have nothing to brag on but Jesus. And I sure don't have anything I can brag on of myself. He said, without me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. That's me. So, I fell in love with Alaska. Who who wouldn't? Amen. I wanted to see 60 blow. It just got to 40 blow. Aren't you sad for me? Fort (laughs) Miller. So do what? Who's been to Alaska? Throw your hand up. There's one, two. Alright. Did y'all, did y'all go in the wintertime? Yes. No. Who said yes? Yes. Right there. Okay. So they're glorious, right? Wrong? Right? Wrong? Whatever. So, uh, let's see, I need to roll here, so I went to the Eskimo Indian Olympics in 73 at at, uh, the University of Fairbanks of Alaska. Went to their gym. All the natives in their attire come walking out. I was up in the stands bawling my head off, covered my head up with a coat because God was saying, this is what I want you to do. (laughs) The biggest thing, the hardest thing that I've ever faced Somebody help me name it. You've got three seconds to name, name one, big man. One what, sir? The hardest, the hardest thing I've faced in Alaska over 50 years. What is it? Uh, the cold. The cold, the she said? I don't think the cold, she said. That's easy. That ain't nothing. Well, Give me something else. Culture. Culture huh? Culture's getting real close. It's race. It's what they call race. They don't like the white man. And I love them, and they won't listen to you. You getting it? And that was the hardest thing because I wanted to win young men and train them to go back into 229 villages that need the gospel. Not a bunch of uh, this legalism. I despise it. Amen. I I just totally abhor it. I hate it with all my heart. And those guys say, oh, this honors God. And they clean up. They're like Pharisees that clean up the outside. I'm starting to preach. <laughs> you like, are. <laughs> well, I, outside of the, the cup, right? And full of dead men's bones. This drives me crazy. And a lot of, there's a lot of that up there in the name of Baptist. You know, I've tried working with some. I don't have time to go into all of them one failed after the other. Some would come and we would study, they'd quit. I guess you could blame me for that. It don't matter to me because I can't make them get saved. I can't make them come to church. I can't make them study their Bible. I can't make them surrender to preach. There's a whole lot of things I can't do. (laughs) Maybe I'm not worthy to be a missionary. Uh I can't do those things. I can be faithful to the word to help them in it and teach them, you know. So, we built the Black Road Baptist Church. It's alive and and we it's in North Pole, Alaska, and it's still going. And uh, then then we had we went to Nome, Alaska in 98 and spent like 9 years there. And you know what was the amazing thing? We'd have 30, 35 people come into our services. And because of one reason, they wouldn't stay. They were not committed. You know, you get saved, you ought to be committed. Am I right? You're right. To God. You ought to be. If you're, if you, if you're not committed in here to, the, to God, and to this church, and to this brother, then this church, if you all were like that, will die. Churches die. The church that I went to help erect a building for died and quit. Two Rivers Baptist Church. You may have known that.
1: I heard about it.
0: Uh, It's a heartache. I mean... Other things mean nothing to me. I've hauled water, I've hauled water four miles to, uh, to be able to have water to wash and drink. For years I've done that. I've carried it falling in the snow up to your hip, falling in it and all that stuff. That's just part of it. Your bathroom freezes up and everything Then you use honey buckets. Anybody know what that is? That's a five-gallon bucket. Now, if I have to tell you what you do with it, you're in trouble
1: it, it ain't it ain't honey, so
0: no, it ain't no honey. <laughs> what I prayed about was not spilling it when I was taking it outside. You'd slept, boy, that'd be bad with it. So the next thing you know is uh they didn't stay committed, it just kills your heart. God began to make it morbid, and I love Noma, Alaska, it's the last frontier. It's a place for all that are young and tough and love it. And the outdoors is what is you just are drawn to it, and the people that live there have lived there all their life, and mainly Eskimo people, lot a lot of, save, a lot of uh, uh, white people there. So we God moved me there, struggling, kicking, fighting out of there and going to a place that I did not want to go. And that was back to Fairbanks, just driving me crazy. They'd just grown from like forty thousand to a hundred. And the places that I had been, there was nobody over there, one or two people, and now it was flourishing with people. And I, would, I moved an hour away from all those other churches that loved to fight. I didn't care nothing about that. It's sad when when uh, there's a war zone out here and the harvest is right there. You see that. Over here, I saw that, and uh, and and we ought to have our mind on a spiritual war, instead of fighting one another over little bitty things of doctrine or that which is synthetic sin, like women wearing pants made up of men. I guess it makes them feel big.
1: They don't. I get know.
0: so sick of it. I about want to throw up.
1: They don't know what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: I know they don't.
1: And are we? Th- so thankful for that.
0: So, I went back and we started a church called Chena Valley Baptist Church. We had about 60 in our congregation. And then uh, there's a guy come in with a mane, looked like a lion's mane, went over his back and had a fun, some kind of fun, fun chew, what do you call it, fun chew? Beard, whatever, all twisted up. (laughs) Crazy, you know. And he got to nodding at me and, he, would, he had just been saved, and so he brought his wife, and she was, a, she was a, a Yupik Eskimo. And he wanted to join the church. He came back, and I didn't even know him because his head was all He just had a peanut shining up there. Everything was cut off, that head and that beard. I thought, <laughs> oh, oh, look at this dude. <laughs> so I asked Daisy, I said, do you ever think about taking the gospel to young people? And she said, all the time, but nobody will go. And I just like to melted. I said, well, I'll go. And so four of us went. And we had built a team, and we went through preaching in several southwestern villages in Alaska. And people were getting saved. I baptized people in the Kuskokwim River at 2 o'clock in the morning. And you had to wait on the icebergs that's 15 foot long to come right by you. And when they went by you stuck him under real quick, amen, and it got up out of there. And uh, we've done that, went drove down the river, that same river. It's kind of parallel with the Yukon River. Y'all know about the Yukon River, right? Y'all, mighty Yukon. It Cuts all the way across from Canada, swings across the middle of the uh, Alaska State, and drops straight down and swings up like that and goes to out to the Bering Sea. No was sitting on the Bering Sea. And the next thing you know is um, we drive down that, that river to a man's house that wanted to see me. He was, he was not a religious man, praise God. And uh, he had other issues, but he wanted to see me. I didn't know him from Adam, and so we went to see this man. He come in his house, had tears running down his face, and sat real tight next to me and I opened my Bible. He started changing after about an hour. And I said, uh, Logan, you ever been saved? And I thought, boy, well, you better not save baptism. Amen. He said, yeah, about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> he had trusted the Lord. So we've had a lot of that and, and people, and we was working on building the Chena Valley Baptist Church where we were at, get up to sometimes like 80 and they'd drop off. And then finally, and so we had some pictures that, that was on a, flash drive it didn't work so we started dumping pictures out of my phone so it's going to be fun today because nothing is in order that I know of so if we can get the first picture y'all think of questions Well, and ask questions right now if you want to so we organized Cheating Valley Baptist Church February 2019 right before COVID that's not it but that's pretty isn't it? we didn't have a baptistry we baptized in the Chena River, whether it had ice or not, Amen. Amen. And I baptized guys and, and broke through the ice and and when that water lapped up on his side you'd go <gasps> like that, but y'all have seen his eyes when he went under, amen. <laughs> Here we are praying. By the way, that's my son Seth and his wife Heather. Let's go further again. Next boom. All right, this is the lady that got saved. Her name is Barney. Let's go to the next. Let's just roll through some of these. I'm getting ready to baptize her. Of course, it's not sprinkling. She went all the way under. She came up. Let's keep going. We don't have a lot of time. This is the church building we started. We had five acres of land, and we, we built that. Let's go further and just keep moving. You can see it. We added on to the back of it. There's the, you can see the addition in the back, a little bit of snow. Go ahead. This is the organization. That's Brother Ron Thomas. Several people out there. Next. And again, that's Daisy right there. So there's some preachers that came to visit. A lot of people here became members that was not a member. And, and what's the organization next? So this is the people that we had that we organized with, and so that church is doing a lot better today. So this immediately after, I mean, February 2019, immediately after that organization, God turned my mind to Nome and Savunga. My heart has always been with the native people. We've dealt with a great host of them. The problem was now that just getting close to COVID, the whole team had quit. Isn't that wonderful? That's sick, isn't it? And, you know, as much pleading. We got on our knees with them. Why are you leaving? Some woman's dragging the... the, There's a drug dealer that got saved, half Eskimo. And and he was... Everybody knew him in the Southwest. And he was going back to some old woman... And uh, he wasn't old. She wasn't old. But you know what I mean. He sold his drugs. It's just killing him. It's killing me. Now, that's enough said on that. I don't want to be killed again. So, this guy on the this side, his name is George Pitka. He has dealt with me a million times about surrendering the preach, but never would. But his, he he has one of the greatest testimonies to sit and just hear him. He never did like to be around white people to talk about it, but to open him up to uh, Native people, he was wide open. He just, I just it was astounded. The man in the middle was a young, he's probably 40s there, late 40s. Um, he was 25. I was working out in the gym doing bench presses or whatever, and he come over, and we got to talk, this was in Nome, and he, we went through the process of the word of God. I don't ever push somebody into saying something. And he got saved, and so we went down. I wanted to find him because I wanted him to go with me out to Savunga. You need an open door among these people. Some villages will meet you at the airplane and say, get back on, you're not going to stay here. So let's go to the next uh Oh, there's my grandson. How'd he get in there? You got to have a grandchild, I mean. <laughs> That's him in my old cowboy hat. Let's go to the next slide. He is a, with my son and his daughter. <laughs> my son and my daughter in law couldn't have children, and they adopted two Eskimo grandbabies that are precious at birth. At birth. This is George Pickett. We're going to fly to Nome. Let's go next. Here's another one. Next. He wouldn't look at you for nothing. We were in Nome, driving around a little bit. This is, this is Front Street. Bars are loaded on Front Street. You can stand on Front Street and throw a rock between the buildings and hit the ocean. The Bering Sea. Vetus Bering founded Alaska in the 1700s and did trade with the the Eskimos, and so what they did was they brought rock, gut, liquor, and false religion, and they traded that for all the good pelts and made drunks out of everybody. Let's go to the next slide. This is just the Bering Sea. You can see how close it is. Next. This is the Board of Trade Saloon. Can you read that sign below it? Headquarters for the Sin City of Nome. That was a millionaire that had that. And he thought that was so cool. Then he tried to buy his way through a covenant preacher who's gonna have to get saved because you can't get saved by works. Amen. Amen. That's right. <laughs> and he he was the main guy over Alaska's mission headquarters, uh, the Covenant Church. To have the he uh, he whew, let me get my tongue straight. I'm trying to hurry now. <clears throat> We're sitting there. I went in and was got on the treadmill. He come in, I knew him, I didn't know his name, but I knew him, I knew that rascal, and he up, got on one by me, and maybe he was going to try to talk me into something, so I said, let me ask you something, You saved by grace, and he fell off the thing, just went flying off of it, it must have got him, I don't know what happened, he got him, he said, no, my, my dad used to work for salvation, just, you know, all this sort of stuff, and talked real, this stupid religious tone, and so that, that guy that owned that tried to get him like $20,000 to get him saved into heaven. Of course, that don't work, does it? Right? And then he died and went to meet God. Amazing, isn't it?
1: Here's a, here's a question. <laughs> What's the name of the church you're working in
0: and where is it it, the name now, of it today? The name of it is China valley baptist church chena valley baptist church yeah this is that's the whole chena valley down through there gotcha and that's the chena river c-h-e-n-a these are my babies my grandbabies her name is Addie, and his name is paxton let's go ahead that's uh gnome that's the Nome ocean that's the bering sea next we got so many pictures we need to roll This was taken in Savunga in 2019 when we went out there. That's me standing. This is the city hall. There was two levels. We stayed in the upper level, and uh, we we used the bottom level to teach and preach in. Let's go keep rolling. These are houses that are there. You can see they're about to fall down. I don't know why they don't fall down. There's some newer houses there, but the old houses where the people live, let's go on. There's three or four of those pictures, I think. You can see what they live in, get a little snow. This was the, this time of the year right now, what is this day, the 4th of October? 7th. 7th. 8th. 8th. Well, these were taken around the 1st of October. This was in Savoonga. Now, let me stop. I need to say, so uh, Alaska's like my hand, And this would be west, that thumb ain't right, but Nome is right here, kind of central west on the coast, and you go out 160 miles out into the ocean, the Bering Sea, and 30 miles from Russia, and there's an island shaped like a peanut, and you can go to the next picture, brother, and it's shaped like a peanut, and there's two villages on it, Gamble and Savunga, they're about... Populations close to 800 apiece, 850. And so they live in these houses. It was a place where the, the old whalers, the Eskimo people, they are Siberian Yupik Eskimo. They weren't beat by the Catholics to stop so, uh, using their language. They can speak their language fluently, and yet they can speak English. We need to give them a big hand, amen. That's a walrus that they had shot in they lance to get him so they could eat him. So what they do up there, I don't know if they're all collected together, is those people live off of three things at least. They do some fishing, but their main food source is whales and walrus and seals. Oh, that's, that's Christopher. He got saved. He is uh, in great need of prayer all the time. And this was on a hunt. But, and so Christopher is Harrison's brother. Remember those us three up there had a picture together? The one in the middle was Harrison. That, this is his younger brother. Next picture. That's just Lance. That, that walrus was Lance. Next picture. That's just the leavings of walrus that was killed. And that's a an arctic fox. Next. And this is just... A common sight. That's just a common sight. Okay, that's a seal. Next. These are walrus. They can weigh up to 3,000 pounds. They'll use the ivory for carving. Next. And this is just a hunt, and that other boy was there. You can see some of the landscape. It's all that. There's no trees there on that island. Go next. That's a seal. They're going to eat that thing, amen? Y'all going to eat some of it? That, that's a walrus that has been cut up, and they eat the blubber. There's two ways they do this. They either eat it raw or they boil it. They don't know anything about frying anything. Next, we can talk about, it. there you go. And if you'd like to eat some of that, you're probably welcome to get it. We might can order it and send it down here and let y'all eat it. They you eat. get you
1: get hungry enough, you'll yeah, eat it. Yeah,
0: they, they eat that. that's walrus and that hides thick. That's a bearded seal. They weigh up to nine hundred pounds, and they kill them to eat. Go ahead next. This is blubber from that whale that you can't really tell. That's a whale that's been cut up a lot, and they pass that out to the people, and it's and they eat it raw. Go ahead next. It's not like eating hog fat. This is a whale killing right here. You can see the whale down there. Everybody's cutting it all up and laying it out in strips and handing it out to the village. Again, all that's uh, the flukes, the whale, whale's tail, and, and it's cut up, and it's called muck tuck, muck tuck, Y'all have probably eaten that, I reckon. Have you? Not lately. Y'all would like it? You won't like it? We'll go to the next picture. That's just, isn't that beautiful?
1: Yeah.
0: All right, next. That is the whale. They've been working on him, haven't they? They love that blubber. I guess it keeps them warm. It's not like hog meat. That is muktuk, ready to eat. And they just eat it raw. And that black part is like a rubber tire. It is hard as a rock. That's the skin. I don't know how they do it. I've eaten that stuff. And it, you know what it tastes like? Rubber tire. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like whale blubber, I reckon. <laughs> a rubber tire. Go ahead to the next picture. All right. How, we got back to the church there. Go to the next picture. Oh, there we go. We're, I don't know how we did that. But anyway, we did it. It's my fault. All right, you got five minutes for questions. Just anything you want to ask? Yes. What were you saying about how the uh, Catholics stopped speaking? Catholics just covered up Alaska about 200 years ago. Where were the Baptists? There, yeah. Not there's right. Why weren't they there instead of Catholics? They'd go into the villages, and they'd whoop the children, beat their hands off if they and that's one reason they hate the white man. Yes, sir.
1: The property and the building and all that. How did you get that
0: funded? Uh... Well, it's paid for. We just built it as we had the money. We gave tithes offerings, and built that building. And whole thing's paid for. The only thing that's not done yet is the flooring. It's a plywood floor, but they've got the money. It's organized. I'm not the pastor. They've got a good pastor named Dan sure oh Lord, built that. Yeah, Dan Chase, and so we sprayed insulation. That's the best insulation, but it is airtight, so you got to have some type of air exchanger in there, or this condensation. Somebody else, real quick. This is good. Yes, sir. What's the cold temperature you to deal with? In nineteen seventy-nine, it was thirty below on November first. I had a beard. I don't have any problem with the beard. I like your beard. I was going to say, you need to come on up. <laughs> we'll go out together. But uh, it was 30 below. It was 30 below zero. And then December that year, next month, it was 75 below on the thermometer for two weeks. That's the coldest I ever seen. I will have to admit that's cold. You know, anything like 20 below, i walked outside at 10 blow with a t-shirt on it I had a little breeze going and hold my hands up may just sweep all that heat away from you and you were just thrilled to death it was the most exhilarating feeling i tried to do it when it when we come down as 109 didn't work wasn't exhilarating anymore it wasn't was it? exhilarating somebody else real quick i didn't say it all y'all bound to have some questions they chop fish up put it in a pot and it just starts boiling They've got the liver, the eyeballs, the whole thing in there. And then you're the guest, so you get to eat first.
1: You get the eyeballs.
0: <laughs> you, so I was poking stuff, and all of a sudden I saw the liver and this white meat going together. I, 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 the liver made me throw up. And so I went for the white part, and it switched. And my fork caught the liver, and I went, Ugh! and they all looked at you. And I put it on my plate and ate it. So, the point is, is what? What's the point from that? Huh?
1: Dedication. <laughs>
0: What's the point? It's Bible. I become all things I, to all men if, that
1: I, by so all means, might save some.
0: Well, if I come to your house and I say, I can't eat that, you'd say, go out the door and don't come back. And so, if I do that to those people, they're going to think the same thing. So I eat what's there. Um, we had a million things running through my mind. I got 30 seconds. So the, there was a lady that was dying. It was Wally's mother. We went to his house after, walked in. Carol always eyeballed me like I was a dog. And she had something in a pot. And the Arctic entrance was something that was being heated in an old black bag, and it had a horrendous smell like roadkill out here with a skunk. And uh, so I knew what that was, and I was not going to eat that because I wouldn't be here. It'd kill me. And so she had I was walking toward her, and she had a big mug. She had a big pot and cooking something had a weird smell, and she took this big, huge mug and went down in there and just glaring at me like she could just bit my head off and handed it to me, and I just kept my eyes on her and drank it all down. I said, what's that? She said, rendered down walrus blubber. <laughs> so I was waiting for it to all up, Chuck, but it didn't do it. And so the, there was meat right there and a plate. I said, is that walrus? She said, yeah, and it was good. If you like hog meat, it's good, yes, sir.
1: I wanted to say that when I was growing up, my parents used to say they walked uphill both ways to school in the snow. You probably did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we walked uphill in the dark a half a mile and hip deep them many a time till we got to ask, I mean, till we got a snow machine. out to new villages and train to to school in new areas, are you just on one area? I'm focused on the whole thing. So before COVID, you could fly to a big village in southwest Alaska, all right, and, uh, with Alaska Airlines. Big, flying, at 6,000 people. They're a hub for 56 villages. You can fly from there 50 miles to Russian Mission, where Daisy was from, for about 200 bucks. And then they always looked at me and weighed me, and they said, your cargoes <laughs> stick me in cargo. So next thing you know, uh, COVID hit. Nobody could go anywhere. Villages were shut down. COVID was lifted. And this airlines, I thought, would never die, had died. Hagelinair died. And then somebody had started up something, I called them up. And I said, I want to fly from Bethel to uh, Russian Mission. That's 50 miles. What are you going to charge me and Brother Dan? He said, nearly 2 I said, well, what about Amonic, which is 150 miles away?" I said, forget that. I just hung up. So I I went, and finally, after four months of trying, we got uh, uh, bulk mailing going. And I sent out the gospel to 15 villages. So I'm waiting on them to respond. Two of them responded. And they were pleading for so much of this wicked drugs, alcohol And wicked uh, children by the age of 12 have been abused. Some of them turn to be abusers. It is sickening. It breaks your heart. And the young men, they're chasing down the women, like these young women, young teenage women, and they're crying out to me for prayer. I'm passing it to you. They're being abused like crazy up there. Okay? I worked in the youth facility in Nome and they didn't even know me the next week I was there because they were alcohol fetal syndrome children. The The mother would be pregnant and drinking all the time and destroyed her baby for life.
1: A life sentence.
0: I can tell you story after story. You better ask a question or he's going to catch it, cut us off. Yes. What would you say is the generic knowledge that people have for religion or any kind of? They've had religion crammed down their throat. Religion can't save anybody. Amen? Amen. So when we went out there, man. Wow. So when we, there was three of us went to Savunga. That's the island, right? That's on the island. There it was a Presbyterian and Presbyterian church. They're not, that's all over that. Nobody goes there. A Baptist came in there, some kind of legalism garbage got run off. And then uh, there's a Seventh day Adventist that's covered that island. And so there's a little old lady in there, a little short little lady. Her husband was a pastor, he died eight years ago. All they have on the island is that little lady reading three scriptures every Saturday. There is nothing else. And that'll break your heart. So, that is the uttermost part. When I started to preach, I couldn't get away from Acts 1 8. So, what they need to hear is the gospel. How that Christ died, that is buried, and rose again. Amen. I better turn it over to you.
1: You ask if. he centered the ministry in one area or he said all over but some of you know what it takes to genuinely reach people with the gospel and that's and that's when the background that he's dealing with Yeah, we have we have folks with a lot of baggage, and when you get saved, you, your baggage doesn't disappear. It takes a long time to unload the baggage after you get saved. Some of you are still working on baggage. I'm still working on baggage. But he's one man, just one. You, know, you might fit two in there if they were real skinny, but he's one man. <laughs> And he probably won't want to talk about it that much, but he's older than me, and I'm older than dirt, and we don't have we don't have a whole lifetime in front of us to do all these big works and to be able to spend the kind of time it takes in a village to build a church out of when there's nobody there that knows the Lord. Now you're used to a little bit of what this is like because most most of the lighthouse got saved here at lighthouse where hes at it's if anybody is saved it's going to be there there's nobody i mean there's there's no there's you can't put up a sign and a tent and invite people to come and a bunch of Christians show up. I don't think that would happen here either, but it's sure not going to happen there. Jesus said that the laborers are few. And we talk about, well, we need more laborers. That's not what it says. He says, pray the Lord of the harvest to send the laborers into the harvest. That God's always done what he's done with few. Remember Gideon's bunch? He sent a bunch of them home because he wasn't going to have it. He wasn't going to have them claim that they did it. If there's a church built on this little island, it's going to be because Jesus did it. And there won't be any argument about it. He did it. We, Brother Gary, we have a, a rule that I instituted in our elder board from a long time back. That's when we choose missionaries to support. We spend at least four times what most churches spend per missionary. But we only support missionaries who win souls. And not every missionary, I'll, I'll go as far as to say, you've been around these churches, most missionaries. Don't really win souls. It takes hard work to win souls. Some of you were saved by works, but it wasn't your work. It was Jesus' work and then the messenger that he sent, and that's where those works come in. They don't have anything to do with getting you into heaven, it's all his grace. But somebody's got to tell you about it, somebody's got to be the messenger.